Uh, this is Lindsay Miller, and you're listening to the Arkansas Times Week in Review podcast for Friday, October 11. On this week's episode, same song, new verse. We're going to talk about uh, the latest and the state's handling of Woodard School District and crazy national politics. I'm joined as usual by Max Brantley. Hey. So it was a pretty momentous week for Little Rock Schools. Um, early in the week, we had the mayor stepping up and uh, offering an alternative proposal for uh, the, the state's plan to, to return the district uh, after five years of state control. Um, the, the city's been largely absent from discussion over the last five or six years. And then on Wednesday night, we had a massive and really powerful vigil at Central High School where more than 2,000 people gathered on the lawn and uh, just had really, really impressive speakers of, of all stripes, lots of emotion. And then Thursday, the State Board of Education met and uh, Chad Peckeron, the, the newest member and a uh, reliable Republican, um, made a motion to do away with the controversial three-tiered framework the state had adopted last month and instead um, return the district to local control. But, uh, but. <laughs> still uh, endless questions remaining in that. And then uh, the, the board voted to, um, to direct Johnny Key to end recognition of the Little Rock Education Association, the, the last strong teachers union in the state. It, it, it looked like it was choreographed. Chad Peckron, the great, the great negotiator, conciliator, introduces a motion for local control Diane Zook, the Madam Chang of, of Little Rock education policy. Uh, who is, you said that, who is Madam Chang? Oh, Shanghai Sheck. She was kind of the dragon lady of China for years, you know. Anyway, she even treated people politely for once and let everybody talk and express their opinions. And people were surprised that the state had backed down somewhat. And then, uh, so they approved that. And then, oh, one more thing. He proposes to uh, fire the teachers' union. Well, he proposes first to have Johnny Key during the firing. A lot of screaming about that. He said, well, that's fine. I'll just let Sarah Moore reintroduce her motion to fire the teachers' union. And they did, and it was approved unanimously. And then to add uh, injury to insult, they uh, passed a motion waiving the state law that requires teacher input and selection of personnel policy committees in the district, which in the end only have advisory power anyway. And then the last step was, and this was clearly part of the plan, it was a SOP. Sarah Moore then introduced a reintroduction of the Teacher Fair Dismissal Act for teachers in the Rock School District. It had been taken away earlier by Johnny Key. Well, what you have to understand about Teacher Fair Dismissal right, which gives you due process rights in firing, that was a whole lot more valuable when you had the Little Rock Education Association, which provided representation to teachers who provided grievances. You can still get your grievance procedure, but you're going to have to hire your own lawyer now. So this is a far less valuable tool than it was previously. Why, why is that, though? 
Well, that's just part of the deal when you have you when you're a union member, you get their representation and agreements proceed. Well, but you can still be a union member. Does, does this not just do away with the negotiated agreement? I mean, it's well, not, but I don't I don't think that they I don't think they can have a role in, in the process. Huh. I, I I I may be wrong about that, but I don't think they can. But in any event, it's it's going to be hard for them to continue to do it. I mean, the future of the union. Its membership will drop. What it's able to do is going to be diminished tremendously. Well, the the audience, you were there, reacted unhappily. Yeah, I mean, certainly the the board from Pecron's motion, which was confusing, and he directed the school board, and then mentioned that the school board now was Johnny Key to end recognition of the union, and the crowd reacted both with confusion and agitation. And then you had this point where board members were yelling at the audience. Brett Williamson, who has shown his contempt for the public and especially for for Little Rock community members, was yelling back, what do you want me to do? Don't you want to have a vote on this? And uh, I believe it was Tim Jackson said, no, this is just cover for you guys not to take a position on this. We don't want this. And so that's when Pecron moved uh, to allow Sarah Moores. And, you know, there was, there was no public comment on this. I think Allie Nolan, Allie Nolan, because she repeatedly interrupted and risked a lifetime ban from speaking right, before right, the board, right. uh, got to talk and, and made some great points about how nuts it, it is for there was for the, the board to make a, just such a crucial decision like this ahead of, of at least what it's saying is a return to local control. Well, yeah. If if they were returning local control, the first thing you don't do is take away the local control's right to decide about its employment agreements, which is what they did. They said you can have local control, but it doesn't include uh, your your employees. And I think this is a sign that you know many fear that that Pecron's motion is just not that meaningful under well, it, under Act Nine Thirty. It, it has no specific. None. Under Act Nine Thirty, the state can do pretty much whatever it wants to in the Little Rock School District at under Level Five. I mean, I think the only thing that the State Board of Education is committed to is election of a school board in November 2020. However, we don't know a what their powers will be, b how many there will be, c if they will all be elected from zones or not, b how those zones will be drawn, e who draws the zones gerrymandering, racial considerations, control of the board by and large members. These are huge questions, which leads me to, to we got to bring up at some point, Mayor Frank Scott's role in this because he had emerged as something of a hero earlier in the week. Talked to Asa Hutchinson, talked to Johnny Key, quiet negotiations, came up with a plan, supposedly, and to put money into community schools. And, and so today he declares victory. Says uh, and he just echoes the Hutchinson administration talking points, return of local control. Well, you know we 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 don't know yet what we don't know. We know almost nothing about what the shape of local control is going to be. And he had one sentence of regret that the teachers have gotten screwed, and, and that's all. And, and and a suggestion that well, I sure hope they don't strike. Basically, was the message. And it's kind of an insult to the teachers. And 2,500 people didn't turn out in Central High. Thursday night were just members of the teachers union. There were there were parents, there were alumni, there was kids. This wasn't just this wasn't a union action. 
but they believe in their teachers. And, and there have been any number of just really moving testimonies by people about their teachers and about how much they've meant to them. And I, I, I don't know. I, I, I think, you know, Frank Scott said he didn't know anything about he Although he talked to Asa and talked to Johnny, he said he didn't know these other steps were going to occur. And he declares victory. We're getting our school district back. Well, I, I, I hope he's right. Uh, we just don't know that yet. Lots of details. And one thing we, we haven't talked about is it will be super crucial what happens from now until the new board is elected. In addition right. to they're going to set a lot of guide or ground rules in the coming year. Right. I mean, there, there are some really consequential things happening within the school district. The, the community blueprint plan, which involves reconfiguration of several schools, has, has been approved, but it hasn't gotten the green light, the district hasn't gotten the green light to move forward. So, for instance, uh, J.A. Fair is supposed to be converted into a K-8 school, but so far, Johnny Keyes, the school board, has held up the district for taking steps to do that. Uh, if there's a, an interim board, and it sounds like uh, Diane Zook, who's been the most outspoken for this, that the interim board will be the existing community advisory board, uh, which is filled with uh, people who were nominated by local Republican legislators, all of whom were approved by Johnny Key, the board rarely has a quorum, or often does not have a quorum, at least. Uh, it's, it's chaired by Jeff Wood, who is in league with education reformers, and Melanie Fox, Who's who also, part of the same, also right. is. So uh, a, lot of, a lot of concern over what that board, if it's, if it's given more authority, would have. And one thing that didn't come up yesterday that was on the agenda is uh, this desegregation settlement that the district uh, agreed to where it has to <coughs> redraw high school attendance zones using race-neutral rationale. A lot of LRSD watchers saw that pop up on the board and said, oh no, that is, that is a bad sign. The state board wants to interject itself into this kind of discussion. It is going to be a fraught process. Yeah, the state regardless. board controlling high school attendance zones for the city of Little Rock, nuts. But it's about to happen. But it, yeah, it, it, it has to be done while there's this interim. It's going to happen. And, and, and I, I think the influence of the big money lobby is going to be interesting to watch in this because we know the Walton Finance local school lobbyist has had a bee in his bonnet for years about high school attendance zones. Uh, he'd love to see Central High ruined as a center of academic excellence and have something different done in Western Little Rock. For example, this is going to be a hot topic. It's going to be huge. And if you had true local control, this would be something the locals would control. But they're not going to. I mean, they're just not. They can't. I mean, that's just that's just a reality. And so, as I say, I, I'm just not, I hope my pessimism is wrong. I hope Frank White, uh, Frank uh, Scott's optimism is correct, uh, but if you can only judge the future based on what the State Board of Education did yesterday, there is no reason to trust them. Yeah, no, I mean, I think that, that is the takeaway is throughout this whole process, the board has just fumbled it and shown that it, it is against transparency, against community input. Um, so the... the both the mayor's plan that he advanced, which is really kind of an update on uh, a plan that Jay Barth put forward in 2015, 
a motion that he made that failed to you know, have some state support for schools that struggle. Um, that's what Chad Peckron picked up. His motion is that the, the district and the state come up with a memorandum of understanding. So what that memorandum of understanding is will be absolutely crucial. It you know, be. it's, it's interesting that, that when you get into um, outside of the kind of big political points from um, advocates and from the board, Mike Hernandez is the deputy uh, secretary and, and who's been really kind of on the ground, and then Mike Poor, the Woodrock School District superintendent, both praise the collaborative efforts the state and district have, have um, you know, been putting forth in the last year. And progress yeah. is being made. I mean, I, I think the state has, has done some good work and, uh, you know, that, and can help some of the schools, but only in a partnership, not where it's just shoving everything. Top down, no. Yeah. And, and, you know, I, I don't know anybody could stand the pain of going to the State Education Department archives and looking at the two hours of public comment yesterday. But it was instructive on a wide range of topics. I mean, there were some really sharp comments about the influence of the Walton money and other in the people like Walter Hussman and pushing the school choice agenda, charter schools and vouchers. There were some really important remarks that weren't directly relevant really to Little Rock, but about how the state is continuing to fail its mandate in terms of service to black children and poor children. Uh, there were great testimonies to the work of <coughs> teachers and, and a lot of testimony about the, the fraudulent use of a single-letter grade to judge school success. People who've gone to failing schools, who are now successful teachers, who owe everything they have to those schools. And it's, you know, even, even people on the right side of this school choice deal agree that boiling a failure down to a single test score is crazy. It's just... And it's, it's mathematical sophistry, it's alchemy to say a tenth of, as we talked about this morning, there was one school that missed a passing grade by 0.02%. I mean, it's like a thousandth of a percent. And, and does that mean there was one kid from Guatemala who couldn't read, and if only he could have read, maybe that, that school wouldn't have been judged an F school? These are, these are nuts decisions. And, and, but the, the evangelical... Bible beating type love, simple black and white. The five letter grades, A or F, that's simple. And it just can't be boiled down that simple. Yeah, I mean, assessment, accountability, there's nothing wrong with that. But when it's used for these punitive aims, yeah. it's just wrong. It's wrong. Okay, well, we'll, we'll leave it there. Sad, sad day. Pro probably another we'll, sad day. We'll talk about this uh, some more. Some more. So let's talk about uh, uh, the sad um, presidency that we've got going on. <laughs> well, you know, I think impeachment talk is ramped up. Uh, you know, Rudy Giuliani engaged with a couple of guys who've been indicted for campaign finance activities, Ukrainians who were funneling money into Republicans and doing gas deals in the Ukraine, no wonder they had stuff that they'd like to turn attention to somebody else but them. It's just a clown car full of, of misbehavior that, and I, I think the House will move toward impeachment, but with just one or two narrow exceptions, 
the Republicans are holding firm. Trump is just too popular with too many of their people for them to cross him. Uh, they, he had a unhinged rally in Minneapolis last night where he said all kinds of dishonest, stupid, crazy stuff, imitated an FBI agent having an orgasm over getting material on Donald Trump. Tom Cotton in the crowd, he called out Cotton in a friendly fashion and Cotton's on camera saying, you go, Donald. I mean, that's kind of where we are is, uh, I just, I don't know if there's, there's going to be enough. There's going to be some testimony <coughs> by key people in Congress. There's going to be direct public testimony of, of influence from the White House trying to do political dirt. Uh, and I, I think Trump has now been caught so dead to rights on this. And he said, yeah, I did it, and it's okay. And, and he might get away with it. Uh, do you think that the situation with the Kurds... Um well, you know, he is, he, that's a disaster. It was a terrible decision, and innocent people are going to be killed as a result of it, and there's not much doubt he did it to help Russia and to help Turkey, where he's got a big hotel. This, this, I mean, that alone is such a huge scandal that it ought to be enough to get rid of him. Uh, but again, I think it just, it ends up, I guess the only hope is, and the national polls do indicate some of this, that the independent voters who's, switch in some numbers to him in 2016 was so important that that they may be souring on Trump. And so then the question becomes an electoral question. Are there enough to bring back Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, North Carolina that were narrow victories for him before? And I, you know, who knows? I, I, I hesitate to predict. Okay, well, Our, Arkansas, I think, is still solidly Trump. Yeah, no, nothing, nothing you can do will change that. No, there. Yeah, I mean, again, there, there's. I mean, French Hill this week issued a statement saying it's terrible what's happening to the Kurds, but pointedly ignored laying the blame for it on the person who caused it. All right, let's move on to endorsements. We got this. Week. Well, no, I've got one. Uh, I took somebody out for a birthday to 42, the restaurant in the Clinton Library for Sunday brunch. And I recommend it, and I re it's all pretty good. The servings are huge, and the food's well-prepared, lots of interesting brunch-type choices. But there's one thing on that menu that is just, I mean, it's unbelievable. It, it's uh, the stick, uh, monkey bread. Mm. It's uh, monkey bread, of course, is, you know, clumps of dough put together with a lot of goopy butter, brown sugar goop on top of it. And it's kind of in a bunch-shaped form. And it only costs, like, about $8, and it's enough for four people. I mean, three of us had it, and we gave some left over to another guy at the other table and then still sent some home. It's the best ever. I mean, the, the bread part of it is light and fluffy and moist. There's a lot of crust, and there's about a gallon of goop. I mean, mm. if, you're, if you're a monkey bread, cinnamon yes. guy, I'm, I mean, it is, it's worth the trip. There was a restaurant in Cersei where I grew up called Trail Dust that was widely beloved. And they had monkey bread, and there was one summer where, for some reason, I had to do, because of allergies, an elimination diet and couldn't have sugar. Uh. And I remember having going to Trail Dust and not being able to get monkey bread and just the devastation. That well, I always thought Boulevard made AAA monkey bread, and this is better. Goopy helps, I think. Goop. Well, Boulevard lately, not to get too deep into this subject, but they've cut their goop back a little. Oh, no. I'd and they've tripled the goop at 42. Yeah, I, 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 I made the goop to be happy. Uh, 
Well, I I may have already endorsed this, but because you're talking about food and I'm really hungry, the um, Honduran food truck El Sur is fantastic. Let's search it out. It's the, the guy that runs it was at Dos Rocas. I think he helped put together the menu and then the route before that. But he makes these baladas, uh, Honduran burritos, basically, with um, meat choices that you'd recognize from taco trucks, Al, Al Pastor, and um, carnitas, and um, the like. But they've got uh, you know, cheese and crema, but they have a fried plantain in them, which mm. really makes a difference, and then great hot sauce. So good. And, a, and they're, you know, it's like a 10, 10 or $11 burrito, but it's a meal. I mean, it's a massive. Uh, and they've got they've got other things too, but check it out. It's it's quite good. Sounds good. I also will endorse. Um, you know, I think there are a lot of people who all of the the school disarray has left them grieving and anxious and everything. I'm gonna endorse doing a craft to relieve some well, stress. That's a good idea. It's uh, you know, I, a lot of times you have, you do crafts with your kids, but doing adult crafts is also fun. I, mean, I think it's time to get my trombone out again. Yeah. Everybody needs a hobby. All right. Well, thanks for listening. Subscribe wherever you get your podcast, and we'll be back. See you later.